Today I interview Bobby Wilson from the 1491s, a comedy group who produced some amazing videos over the last few years and has now been commissioned to produce and write a play. This is Pow Wow Life for April 2nd, 2019. Welcome back to another episode of Powwow Life. I'm your host, Paul Gowder from powwows.com, and this is your show for exploring Native American culture through the people and their stories. Today, I'm interviewing Bobby Wilson from the 1491s, and if you haven't seen their videos on YouTube, you have to go watch. Now, right now, stop, stop the podcast, go listen to them, check out their videos, I'll wait. Okay, good. I feel like I have to be funny since I'm interviewing the 1491s. They are a comedy group that have put out some hilarious YouTube videos uh, poking fun at themselves, at other native stereotypes, uh, and just amazing content that they have created over the years. They've gone from producing videos on YouTube to doing live shows, touring, and doing uh, you know comedy stand-up at different uh, casinos and different venues, and now they have been commissioned to write and produce a play. The Oregon Shakespeare Festival has asked them to write this play, and they have set this story in between the Wounded Knee Massacre and the 1973 takeover of Wounded Knee, thus the title Between Two Knees, and they tell the story of a family and their trials and tribulations along the way. So I know you're going to enjoy Bobby telling kind of how the, the 1491s came about, uh, kind of what their inspiration is, their take on native humor, and more about this play. Hope you'll enjoy that interview. And if you're up in that area or traveling there in the next few months, make sure you go check them out and get some tickets. Now that it's April, we are gearing up for the Gathering of Nations powwow. That is North America's largest powwow. And we'll be heading out there the last weekend in April bringing you the entire event live on powwows.com. We'll be streaming the entire weekend. Uh, we'll have two streams going this year like last we did last year. We'll have Stage 49 and all the acts out there from uh, Miss Indian World interviews to musical groups, uh, some comedy groups, and other acts. I think they've got some dance troops coming. And we'll also be streaming inside the Tingley Coliseum, all the competition dancing, all the grand entries, the crowning of Miss Indian World Saturday night. So you don't want to miss that. Make sure you are uh, subscribed to our newsletter and on Powell's.com Facebook so you get all the information about the upcoming Gathering of Nations webcast. And I'll put the links for uh, the Gathering of Nations and some of the videos and more information about Between Two Knees and the 1491s on the show notes. So you can visit that at www.powwows.com slash powwowlife22. And while you're there for listening, you have a chance to enter a contest. We're giving away some Powwow Life merchandise, a t-shirt and some stickers. So thanks for listening to the episode. And for that, head over to the Powwow Life show notes and you'll get oh, your you'll get a chance to enter to win. www.powwows.com slash powwowlife22. This podcast is brought to you from our supporters over at Powwow Nation. That is the powwows.com, I guess, booster club, you could call them. Those are the people who contribute to powwows.com each month and really help us develop this kind of content. So if you enjoy the show 
and want to help out, please head over to www.powwownation.com. Thanks to all of you for joining and contributing. We appreciate your support. All right, so now it's time for the interview. I hope you enjoy my time with Bobby Wilson from the 1491s. I hope I didn't laugh too much in the background, but he had me cracking up, and I know you, you'll love it too. So hope you enjoy. Thanks for being here again this week for Powwow Life. Be sure to go and subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you get your podcast so you won't miss a single episode. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the interview. I am excited to have Bobby Wilson here this week with us from the one and only 1491s. And I know everybody out there has probably seen their videos. Um, I've, I watched a bunch of them again today. Uh, these guys have been around for a long time producing some incredible incredible comedy and content and they've got a really cool show coming um coming soon so i want to talk about that too and uh, all the other things they're involved in so bobby thanks so much for being on the show today got you i got you (laughs) so wow yeah what is is are we doing like a whole live thing uh it's not live we're recording it but uh yeah it'll come out on a podcast later i wish it was live but no uh yeah no I would, that would have been insano. When you put on the voice, I was like, "Oh my god, we're are we on? We're on Native American calling, aren't we? That's yeah. what this is." I'm not as smooth as those guys, but yeah. Shit. <laughs> so, so tell me um, a little bit about yourself, and uh, I guess how you got involved in this group. Yeah, uh, my name's Bobby Wilson. I'm Sisson Wapton, Dakota guy. I grew up in the uh, Twin Cities over in. Minnesota there. Uh, I, I, I met these guys in such different ways. I used to work at a, a youth homeless shelter, native youth homeless shelter in St. Paul. And that's how I met Dallas Goldtooth. He came and worked there for a little bit before he went back to college. So we became friends. Uh, and then I met his stepbrother through another friend. I had no idea they were they were brothers, though, <laughs> uh, until some time later. Yeah, I, I didn't know that I was already friends with his stepbrother. And then uh, in 2009, uh, I had an auntie and her boyfriend who couldn't see at night because they're older. And they asked if I could help drive their van down to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which, of course, I said, yes, let's do that. Uh, I remember, I I will never forget it because there was a tornado that day that we were supposed to leave. And we just kind of had to sit around and wait for the tornado. But because we're Indians, you know, I feel like anybody else would have delayed the trip a day or so, but we're like, no, we got it. We got to take off. So we took off into the night driving down through Iowa, drove right back into the same damn tornado storm that we had been in earlier. (laughs) Followed you down. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, it's, uh, we followed it down, which is just, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? But uh, we ended up in Santa Fe, finally. And that's where I first ever met Ryan Redcorn and Sterling Harjo. Uh, they were with some other Oklahoma folks. And uh, Ryan is a really social dude, and so am I. So we just kind of started talking to each other and geeking out about art that we were into. And we had a lot of the same knowledge, except he knew a lot of these cool artists. And we're walking around saying hi to folks, and 
freaking like did everything together until probably about two or three in the morning. And uh, he was like, hey, man, you can come stay at mine and Sterling's uh, hotel. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do that. Because uh, this is a little side note. I hadn't quite got my check yet. So I had like $5 in my pocket in Santa Fe, New Mexico during Indian markets. Like one of the most expensive (laughs) times to be in one of the most expensive places in the Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Hotel rates were really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So I'm like trying to shoplift bottles of water and uh, and trail mix. And uh, I ended up staying with uh, uh, Ryan and Sterling that night. But here's the thing. There was already a couple that was laying, like, snagged up on the ground on one side. And then there was this really tall Cherokee lady who was a pillow hog that was sleeping on the couch. (laughs) And so Ryan Redcorn was in the bed, and he said, there's only one pillow left in the whole room. Here you go. And I knew we would be brothers at some point when he handed me that pillow. And we laid in bed together until Sterling appeared. Well, I, by appeared, I mean he like he he threw the door open at about four a.m. and saw that there was nowhere to sleep, and he got really mad and started making a fuss. And then he open-handedly slapped Ryan Redcorn on the on the stomach, made a loud slap noise, and he said, "Scoot over, guy. I'm not sleeping in the middle." And uh, and I just. Uh, I, I laid there and listened to them talk to each other for like 30 minutes at least, clutching my pillow because I was really worried. I had just met these guys and they were going to steal my pillow. I uh, finally, finally went to sleep and woke up and we all got breakfast together. We've been friends ever since. Redcorn invited me to his wedding. I'm like, dang, this guy must be really weird because I just met him and now he's inviting me to his wedding. Or I'm that charming. I couldn't really tell. Now I know you know, years later that Ryan's just weird like that. But, uh, they came up to Minneapolis a couple months later in like the fall. And we all met up and by we all, I mean, Sterling Harjo, Ryan Redcorn, Dallas Goldtooth, Miggy Pentano, and myself. Uh, we got together and we made a video called Wolfpack Auditions. And uh, it got a bunch of views. So we said, that was lots of fun. People seem to like it. Let's do it again. And like good old-fashioned Indian men with big plans, we did nothing for a couple more years. (laughs) And we said, remember that one time when we had all that fun? Let's do that again now. So there you go. That's how we got together. Sometimes you know yeah. it takes it. It's just the right time when you got to do it. Um, and yeah. you, and you guys produced produced quite a few videos. Um, it, and, and I've you know I've seen some of the the interviews and other things you've done online. And, and I know you you all talk about it's a collaborative effort. You all contribute. Um, but how did you come up with these ideas? You know the uh, the the creative process. I guess. I mean, a lot of times the ideas that we come up with, it's already stuff that we have in our heads. And it's so hard to put it into the words because it's it's really more experiential. And what I mean by that is you get two, three, four, five of us together hanging out, doing whatever. 
And we just are so excited to be in each other's presence that we joke around, we come up with scenarios, and that we don't necessarily mean to be doing it, but we end up making fun of things and people and each other and building scenarios around them. And then we say, that would make a funny video. Let's go do it. And then we, uh, <laughs> we dedicate like four or five hours to filming something <laughs> and uh, just kind of make it up as we go along. And somehow we've had great success in that. And you guys did it, you know, several years ago, really, um, you know, I think there's, there's lots of, uh, YouTube type celebrities nowadays, but you guys did it, um, really back before, um, before it was getting where lots of people were trying this. So it was, um, it was really cool to yeah. see, see it grow organically and kind of, uh, blossom. Uh, at what point did you guys know that this was, uh, something that you, you wanted to, to really put some more effort into and, and form the group and, and do it more officially? You know, what, what it was is uh, we started kind of getting calls and emails from people uh, asking if we've ever done live shows, and we hadn't. So Dallas and Migsy ended up going back to their community in northern Minnesota, which is like Red Lake, Bemidji area, mm -hmm. and uh, performing for the college there. And all it was is they just like put together a couple skits and, uh, yeah, what well, just went up and did them and people really liked it. They were super like the experience of performing comedy and actually getting laughs is really like nothing else on the planet that I've experienced. It's, a, it's wonderful. And so right after that first show, those two were super energized and they were like, we need to put something together, you know, uh, try to get a live performance going. Uh, so we did, and we ended up performing uh, soon after at the Tulalip Resort in Seattle, or right outside of Seattle. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, we started taking the videos that we already did and playing uh, a video in between sketches. So that way we could set up an actual show Uh so we'll come out and we'll do like a live sketch about this, that, and the other. And then we'll go backstage real quick to change costumes for the next bit. And while we're backstage, there's a, one of the videos that we've made playing. And some of the videos that we like to play, you know, we have other pieces that are not released to YouTube that are specifically just for the live show, you know. So it's always fun to kind of throw that up cool and now as far as you your background is it did you always think you were gonna you know um want to do something creative um you know what, oh, what's yeah, your background absolutely no I, I i definitely have an artist background you know that time in 2009 when i was asked to drive down uh to santa fe uh i was actually working as a mural painter, kind of in residence at the Little Earth of United Tribes housing projects in Minneapolis. Uh, so I, I, I have a long background. Like I've, I've always pursued art as being a career choice. 
And that has evolved in a lot of different ways. So like when I first started out, it was a lot of graffiti art, which is uh, what I did in most of my teenage years and my early to mid twenties. Um, and I started really kind of getting into other art forms like spoken word poetry and uh, theater, just trying to perform. And I, I, I just really like, all of that different stuff. And then I started looking at comedy as being a real art form after we made it. It was after we made that video, the uh, Wolfpack auditions video where I really started paying attention to comedy as being something that we could come together and, and use it, you know, as, as a piece of art and see where it takes us. And, Indian humor is different. Um, when you guys first started doing these, uh, you know, your live shows, how how were you received? How I know, I know you did it. <laughs> on a, you did it at some at some casinos and some and uh, other places where you probably had a, a more friendly crowd. But you know, how did uh, other people take your comedy? Oh yeah, no, we've had amazing crowds and we've had terrible crowds, <laughs> and it's crazy. You know, I think about it a lot because there's this idea of. Indian humor, right? Uh, and it's not something that is exposed to the national consciousness generally. Uh, you know, most people are surprised. Uh, most people who don't know Indians, at least, are surprised, like, what is native comedy? And I can't put it, like, give that as a simple answer, because that's the question I get the most, is what is Native American comedy? Then? Mm -hmm. What do Indians laugh at? Indians laugh at the same thing everybody else laughs at. It's just, there's something about it. You know, some of my favorite crowds to play to are Indian crowds. That's like number one, obviously. Number two for me uh, are people who are in recovery, like alcoholics and recovering drug addicts, because they laugh so much. But I, I have this idea that if you have this big, like a, a history of, all of these terrible things and having survived things and having seen things, it changes your perspective in the way that you deal with things. And a lot of the way that people deal with things is through com like through comedy. You know, you tell jokes, things are funny. It's, it's a good feeling and it brings you up. And people who have been through those really dark things have really dark humor and Indian humor is, dark. It, it really is in the places that you go. I mean, sure, there's like the cutesy stuff, uh, you know, and there's like a lot of Indian dad jokes that exist out there in the world. And that's fine. Like they have their place. But you ever joke around with like a Vietnam vet from Red Lake? Holy Christ. <laughs> making you making you blush. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think <laughs> it's, it's hard for people on the outside to realize that, uh, that people can laugh at some of the, like you said, the, the, the violent history yeah. and the, and the, 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 all the things that have happened. Um, but yeah, at some point you have to laugh at them, um, to move past it. That's right. And you know, who's really inspiring to, to me. And this is something that, uh, me and the rest of the guys share is, uh, people like Mel Brooks or, uh, Richard Pryor, who kind of early on when it came to, um, I guess, storytelling and long form comedy writing, uh, they really took 
the darkest parts of their not like not only their own personal histories but their people's histories and uh were able to find this humor this way to laugh at it and it almost feels sacrilegious right because especially like as indians uh and, and i'm not it's funny because you'd always have to say like oh uh I'm not speaking for all tribes. I'm just speaking for myself here. <laughs> right. But uh, like Indians in general, we hang out. And I'm talking to a powwows.com, right? I was just talking about powwows earlier today and how fascinating those things are because it really is now in this life that we live uh, a really interesting and beautiful evolution of like a pan-tribal Indian culture. And I'm not saying that pan-tribal is a good thing or necessarily a bad thing, but if you think about the amount of time that Indian people across the country were told you can't pray, you can't uh, hold ceremonies, you can't speak your language, you can't do all of these things. A powwow is this interesting thing that kind of, uh, I feel like, was burst from that type of resiliency to say, no, we're going to take these things back, and you can't separate Indian people anymore or keep us from, from communicating and celebrating with each other. And uh, I think that that's like directly attributed to the seventies um, and all of the activism that was happening in that time, which is freaking cool. Um, that being said, I know that we hold a lot of things sacred as Indian people, not just separately uh, from our tribes. And it can be really difficult to look back at some of those terrible things, like say Wounded Knee Massacre, for example. It's a fucking terrible thing that happened. It's super dark. It's some of the darkest stuff that exists on the planet, boarding schools, all of these things. And what I admire so much about someone like Mel Brooks, and I'm going to use him as the example, uh, is I have seen him make fun of the Holocaust. And when you say that on paper, it sounds awful, right? Yeah. Like, how can yeah. you make fun yeah. of the Holocaust? I can already hear Indians across the country. How can you make fun of that? But uh, <laughs> the, Mel Brooks took some of the darkest times of his people's history and made, uh, found a way to make his people laugh through it, through that dark history. Because that's very healing, right? You take a look and you kind of break it down and say, like, yes, this happened, and this is kind of like the, the, the art of it is to get people to actually laugh and then think about why they're laughing and to feel critical about what your place is and what, what's going on here, you know? Like, why is this funny or why isn't it funny? And I always find that really interesting. So the, I don't know if you've ever seen Mel Brooks presents the history of the world. Yes. I'm asking as a, as yes. a question. But uh, there's, there's a song uh, about the Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> and it goes through a whole, like, this is some of the worst things that have ever happened to Jewish people being tortured by Catholics for being Jewish, right? And they made a, a Broadway musical out of it. The Inquisition. And they go through and they, like, torture Jews. 
and then a giant menorah pops up out of the out of a pool and synchronized dancers show it's insane <laughs> and i think it's really brilliant and really beautiful and i would love it if in my lifetime we had something like that that indians can look at and and laugh at but it's harder for us right because we still live in america and that's exactly where all of the worst things that have ever happened to Indians is. And we just kind of have to live with that. So it's hard to laugh at it because it's still in our faces, but we can, I think a lot of what native comedians have to offer and bring to that is really beautiful. I mean, we, we can take that, comedy art form into communities and try to help our own people laugh through it. Now, I'm not saying that we're saving the world or anything like that, but it's just a, a, a solid contribution, I feel like. Right. Comedy is part of it. And, and so I'm hearing the, the, next, the next show that you guys are going to do is going to be History of the World Part 2, um, the, yeah. Indian, the Indian story. <laughs> All right. It kind of is, man. It, that's what our play kind of is. Uh, we actually go through 100 years of American history through the the lens or for, through the experiences of an Indian couple that met at a at a boarding school. Oh yeah, um, and, and and the title yeah. I get I think kind of. Uh, sets the the historical piece of it the, the between two knees <laughs> yeah. um you know you're talking about two different uh, what in the 1970s and the 1890s here um right right yeah so t talk to us a little bit about you know how this idea came up with it and what the what the play is about well the the play that we're doing uh i guess first of all i should say it was commissioned by uh, the New Native Theater in Minneapolis and the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. Ashland, Oregon are the people who are producing it uh, at the moment, and that's where, that's where I'm at right now. Um, the idea, uh, so the funding for it came from a, uh, a commission called American Revolutions. It's a play commission that was set up, uh, I want to say like 20 years ago, to start um, commissioning plays that specifically address moments in American history. Um, and yeah, so that's what we're a part of. And that's, that's, that was a helpful starting point. And at first, you know, we kind of scoffed at the idea that it had to be about history uh, because all Indian movies have to take place in history. And, you know, we had, we had all these things that were in our heads about the, about the whole idea. But then they told they were very reassuring, uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, when they said, uh, just watch a couple shows. It doesn't have to be overt. It can actually be whatever you want, as long as you, like, kind of, like, address what history is or, like, say that this, like, it, it it could be a sci-fi, and at the end of it, you can say, actually, this was about the Vietnam War, this was about the Cold War, this Cuban Missile Standoff, or, you know, you just got to find, find the artistic way to bring it out. And we actually got to see a really great show together, because, like, honestly, uh, we've 
all never really watched plays. Not very much, at least. Not since, like, high school. <laughs> so, getting us all together, uh, they showed us a play called Viet Gone, which was really good. Um, and it was really inspiring for us. It was, like, uh, about a Vietnamese man who leaves the leaves Vietnam during the, during the war. He's in, like, a, a camp. And they send him to the U.S. He fell in love with a girl, and then he's got to get on a motorcycle and go find her across the country. Uh, of course, he's not going across the country. It's not a film. It's just on a stage. So he has a motorcycle, but it doesn't really go nowhere. Um, <laughs> but it was dope because you didn't realize it. Not really. Uh, they took you on an actual road trip uh, on a stage. And I was like, wow, that's you know really incredible that they can actually put something like that together. So then we started working with these folks and um, we kind of went through, this is, this is what's funny is how much research tends to go into writing a lot of things. So we researched so many different Indian massacres. We said, we really want to do a play that at least starts out at an Indian massacre um, because people who aren't, like Indians, we think about these massacres all the time, right? Every year, a bunch of people want to share, like, photos of dead Lakota people in the snow uh, in December and in commemoration of Wounded Knee, which I always – I hate that, by the way. That is just the worst. I'm like, can you brace – like, just warn me before you're going to put up a picture of, like, one of my dead tribes people, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that, my friend, is a story for another time. But <laughs> – we thought, what about Wounded Knee? Because then we could track that one space. Because, I mean, philosophically, the land is, is where something is rooted, where our cultures are rooted uh, as different tribal people. And kind of tell the story about the fracturing of that, the fracturing of family, and how they all kind of come back together. But... On paper, that doesn't sound funny. So I would say that it's a lot like Mel Brooks' History of the World meets uh, Naked Gun and Hot Shots. Interesting. It's just like, yeah, it's like a very, it's a quickly paced comedy. Uh, and we try to write it like an absolutely ridiculous comedy. Uh, hopefully it's well-received. We watched it in front of a whole audience uh, yesterday, and people were really cracking up. So we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, that's that's me getting nervous about the thing because it hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> well, it's, let's, while we're talking about it, so if people want to go and see this, where can where where is it and when is it going to be? Uh, it opens on April 7th at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival Thomas Theater in Ashland, Oregon, which is in Southern Oregon. And it closes at some point in the month of October. So it has a really long run. It has over a hundred shows now. Um, and that is the only way you can see it at this time. But we're also making, um, several videos this weekend to post about the play. 
and hopefully they'll be just as ridiculous and they will actually explain nothing about the play. <laughs> so are you guys, I, I, obviously you guys are involved in writing it. Are, are any of you in the show? No, we're not in the show. We have actually gone to great measures to make sure that the right people are cast in this production. And I got to tell you, we've got some freaking crazy people on this performance, like some straight up Broadway level actors who really get the comedy and like might as well do stand up themselves. I mean, they are crushing it. And uh, to keep it as Indian as possible, we literally found an old Muscogee man in a cemetery down in Oklahoma singing Creek hymns to all those people who he had uh, laid to rest down there. And he was taking care of their graves. And uh, Sterling Harjo asked him if he wanted to be in a play. And so he said, what? Let me put my hearing aids in. And they put his hearing aid in, turned it on. And then Sterling said, Will you be in a, would you want to be in a play? He said, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds good. And so we brought the most insanely Indian man that Ashland, Oregon has ever seen. And bear in mind, Winona LaDuke was born in this town. <laughs> That's pretty Indian. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you cast all Hispanics to keep, uh, you know, like the Hollywood type of Indian yeah. show. <laughs> no, actually, we cast an Asian. <laughs> there you you, go. you can yeah, spot yeah. him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. I'm loving it. The, the dances, the fights, like all of this stuff is so well crafted and executed. It's really amazing to watch. Um, and to be here actually writing it and helping make this whole production happen is just like, it's truly a, a remarkable thing, especially when I think back to 2009 making Wolfpack auditions with like, a bunch of things that we just kind of threw together. And now there's actually, you know, a, a major theater company producing a whole vision of ours. It is crazy. Well, and you said, uh, Plus, one, I mean, like, oh, yeah, no, no, go ahead. I said, you said one of the guys is headed off to a prop house. It's not like you're uh, having to pick things up to, around the house. Oh, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there is a warehouse filled with like, I, I, they have a room of chandeliers. They also have a room that is just weapons. It's like axes, spears, AKs, katana blades, throwing stars. And if you, they don't have anything, you just say, I think we really need this in the show. And then they go and make it. Which is ridiculous to me. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, it's really exciting. It's an exciting time for all of us in the 1491s. We're all doing really crazy incredible things dallas was just on drunk history playing john Trudell. that was phenomenal uh, uh i'm about to be uh in an episode of what we do in the shadows that comes out on fx at the end of this month and i mean freaking mig is mig is he is like doing a crazy writing gig <laughs> developing a tv show right now in la and Sterling, oh my God, you're just you're about to read a bunch of articles about Sterling. He's freaking crushing it. And uh, Dallas is uh, 
He's on Instagram. <laughs> Go look at him. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, you know, so this, this, you know, going from YouTube videos to this, um, an incredible experience for you guys. What's next? I don't even know. We'll see what happens with this play. I mean, the, I, I hate saying the things out loud because like there's five of us, there's a, there are five chiefs up in this tribe and <laughs> each of us has like a different version of what we're trying to do together. But I, I have so much confidence in us together in the things that we're achieving that uh, all I can say is that there's going to be some super badass stuff that happens very soon. Or it won't. We could all just die on a plane crash tomorrow. But we don't know. We're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Seriously, help us. Help us. Pray for us. <laughs> no plane rides together. How about that? No. Um, oh, 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 I know. Oh, if only you knew. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, and so hopefully everybody, if, if you're out in that area of the country or, hey, if you're heading to a powwow out that way this spring, try to get up there and see it. Um, I, I wish um, I'm, I'm heading out that way um, possibly in May. And I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a way I can uh, I'll be in the L.A. area. I'm trying to figure out, you know, is it. How far of a plane oh, yeah. ride is it? Yeah, is it worth it? Let's see if I can squeeze another day and, and make it up there. I'd love to come see the right. show. Yeah. Yeah, well, honestly, also, I mean, the show's going to be here until October. Um, we're getting a lot of really great feedback about the whole thing from people who really, who really know their stuff with this theater business. And I've only been hearing people talk about where the next production should be. So just a heads up, if you don't make it, which you should make it, you should make it because then I can pay my bills. Please help. Please help me. I need people to see this show. Don't listen. Don't listen to all that other stuff I said. Please. Come on. I'm poor. I'm just a poor little Indian kid from Minneapolis. Uh, I got my hands out. I got a Folgers can. If you if you got some change, just drop it in there. Any anything helps. Go on my go on my Instagram. But buy something from me, please, please. I'm desperate. I got I got I got I got, I got, I got child support. Oh, no wait, I don't. But you could. Um. Prank caller, prank caller. So we'll put we'll make I will definitely put uh, links in the show notes for. Um, for all the uh, social media links and your website and everything, and the and the of course the website where you can get some tickets um, for the Oregon Shakespeare Festival up in uh, Ashton, Oregon. Bobby, thanks so much for for talking with me. Um, it's incredible what you guys are doing, and uh, it's so cool to to see the evolution of the group. And uh, I cannot wait to see uh, where you guys take it from here. This is a really cool story. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, thanks for your time, Paul. I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, so so how do we how do we do this? Should I just hang up? I was just, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> All right, thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Paul. You take care. All right.
that's it for this week's Powwow Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed Bobby and his story of the 1491s. Be sure to go over to our show notes page, www.powwows.com slash powwowlife22 and enter to win the contest for some Powwow Life merch. And find out, you'll get some links there about how to buy tickets, more about the 1491s, and we'll even post a couple of videos if you haven't seen theirs before. The music on today's show is from Stony Creek, a North Carolina drum group, and one of my favorites. These guys can really sing. If you get a chance to check them out live, they are amazing. So be sure to head over to iTunes or Google Play, wherever you get your music, and check out their songs. They've got some great CDs out there for you to download and purchase. I really appreciate you being here again with me this week. But let me hear from you. I want to know who you want to hear me interview. Who else out there uh, would you like to hear from and hear their story uh, about how they have uh, you know, become what they are today or how they've achieved their, their dreams or, or whatever? Let me hear from you. Give me some ideas of who to go after. Uh, you know, I'm reaching out to lots of people for the interview, so, but I need to know what you guys want to hear. So let me know. Let me hear from you. Send me an email at webmaster at powwows.com or uh, leave a comment on the uh, website. But let me know where you, want, where you want me to go with the podcast. Thank you for being here, and I will see you down the trail. Good luck. Here is this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.